What it do, Hello, baby? Buddy. What's hadgening? Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm grateful to be living and breathing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ryan, Yo. today, have I got a book for you. Wait. It is called... I'm we, sorry. We, uh, sorry, but we didn't do Joy's, and I feel like Joy's is... <laughs> we haven't in any of these episodes, but we can. Well, now we're going to get... See, we're still learning how to do this podcast again. It's been a little bit, so if we haven't done a Joy... Maybe, maybe it's just like, we're getting warmed up. I mean, clearly we're getting warmed up in this episode. So, you know, we got it. We got to get warmed up like more macro. All right. Well, what do you got? I went to a movie in IMAX 3D with my buddies last night. (laughs) (laughs) And that's fun. Uh, That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Show's not supposed to go like this. uh, Yeah. Why did I decide to do this? There we go. All right, Ryan, I'm going to start talking about my Bigfoot book. It's called Valley of the Skookum. This is your joy, is Valley of the Skookum. Okay. I read a 300-page Bigfoot book this week. Did you read every Um, page? I sure did. Some of them twice. I have an important... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's by Sally Shepard Wolford. uh, Written in, I believe, 2006. Okay, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to be corrected here uh, by any of our audience members. However, a thing that I find particularly interesting about this is that of the uh, hundreds going on, like 500 episodes of the show that we've recorded, we've talked about Bigfoot a lot. I'm sorry, going on 500. <laughs> what show are you doing? What do you mean? Between the Patreon episodes and this, we've done damn, oh. damn near, yeah, okay, damn near five hundred sure, episodes sure, sure. of this show. Uh, I was like, I thought we were still on two something, but you're we, right. we definitely there, on, there's a whole other set. We, we definitely on two something for the for the main feed, but there's like a borderline double that over there. Um, Skookum is not one that I remember. I, I we I feel like we've heard so many different Bigfoot names. Is, yeah. is Skookum the name of the Bigfoot? I think it is a, a Native American term, specifically Chinook term for oh, Bigfoot. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay, okay. Because we've got yeah. skunk apes and we've got, you know, there's been a whole bunch of... We got we got Squatchy, we got Skunky, we got Biggie, we got... <laughs> Biggie! Yeti, no. we got Yowie... The, yeah, we got all of them. No, 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 notorious. Uh, we've we've done like so many of these, uh, and I just immediately was like, somebody either came up with a term, or I just haven't. We haven't dug deep enough, and we hadn't dug deep enough. Apparently, notorious big feet. B b i g f b o o t. You can get there. You can get there. Notorious bfg, big fucking guy. <laughs> Uh, do you think? All right, we're back. Do you remember that <laughs> this episode? It's back on track, baby. <laughs> See, we know what we're doing. It just takes a second sometimes. We got. We, we, I, got I got myself way too hard with the, <laughs> the big fucking guy. <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, okay. I, I, uh, do you remember the, reading the BFG in school? 
Oh, I loved me some Raw Doll as a uh, kid. Big time. Do you think anybody has ever done uh, combo platter fan art of BFG and Notorious B.I.G. and made a Notorious B.F.G. like ready to die <laughs> cover? Because <laughs> because if they haven't, someone's missing an opportunity. I I sure hope so. What we a- got some illustrators that listen to the show. There's there's your prompt for the week. A notorious BFG ready to die album cover or like life after death album cover would be, it'd be great. It'd be really tough. James and the BFP, the big fucking peach. <laughs> anyway, Anywho, Valley Anywho, of the Skookum, uh, written in 2006 by Sally Shepard Wolford, and she and her family moved out to Ort- Orting. Ording, O-R-T-I-N-G, Washington, in okay. 1973, Okay, which is about 20 miles southeast of Tacoma or about 40 miles straight south from Seattle. All right. Tiny little town in the like Mount Rainier foothills. Beautiful, beautiful and area, beautiful area. This is basically a, a memoir of her time living there. She lived there from 73 through 76, so... Not quite four years. How how uh, how? <clears throat> excuse me. How rural rural are we talking here? We got like we got land. We got cabin space. in the woods. Rural. Big big by myself energy. Yes. Got it. Got it. And it is one of the like I've never read a personal account of so many different paranormal things all mixed together. Uh, we have. Bigfoot, UFOs, Uh government cover-ups, poltergeist, time travel, astral travel, men in black, psychic abilities, and then two fully new ones to me, which are flying tombstones. Oh, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) And phantom trains. Phantom trains. Yep. Ghost trains and flying tombstones. Okay. Put put it on the list. So, So... yeah, get get ready. Uh, so they. Oh, go no, ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I just okay. uh, one of the things I wanted to know was like, uh, when when you're reading all this, are you going? This sounds a lot like um, the ranch. What's the name? I was about to say Skinwalker. Skinwalker. Like, are you are you getting big Skinwalker ranch yeah, vibes here? Um, sort of in the sense that they're probably both fictional. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Um, it's a little less ominous. Like, I feel like the Skinwalker Ranch stuff is always trying to like, try real hard to make it as spooky as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is more like. I met some some cool woods guys, and they taught me some stuff, and also all this other weird shit happened, and okay. it was mostly fine. I'm I'm mostly so, just thinking about the just the catalog of events being like so vast right. and diverse and all centralized in one location. Like we would do talk about like what they call them, like windows or tears or whatever, where it's like oh, just weird yeah, shit happens the, here because of the way the, the universe is set up. The the John Keel window areas, yeah, that's call them. That's the one. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, yeah, along the same lines, but sort of a different um, philosophical approach to that. Okay, intro me to the Skookum. Or yeah, whatever. so Sally moved out to this cabin with her husband and their three kids, and it's like 
super rustic. It's probably like it's not far that far physically from civilization. You know, okay. like they've got a town a few minutes away. They've got like a major city twenty miles away. But they're like they're really out there. They're yeah. along a mountain river. They have four neighbors. They they're in a cabin that like you know doesn't have any modern amenities. Also, it's the seventies. So like the nearest town now is nine thousand people. I'm assuming it was significantly less than that back then. Fifty years ago, yeah. Yeah. And on the first day before they even bought the place, she has a weird sort of Bigfoot encounter when they're just like going out there to scope out the property and see if they wanna put an offer in on it. She sees something moving through the woods, smells the like a gross garbagey smell. Skooky. And then sees uh this thing sort of like disappear into the woods and finds a tuft of hair on one of the branches that it ran past and she takes it puts it in her pocket mm-hmm. also while she's out there I she's looking to, at the river huh? i want to preserve this stink <laughs> <laughs> i will carry this stink with me always <laughs> this stinks so bad i want it on my person <laughs> Um, she also sees a large heron, like the, you know, the bird fishing along the river. And then as she's watching it, it just disappears. Like it's there. It's not there Mm, right in front of her. They do be flying sometimes. Well, right. I think she means like, it just vanishes in, in thin air, like flew away. Yeah. I looked away and a bird was gone. (laughs) (laughs) So they decided to buy this place and start fixing it up and start meeting their neighbors. And one of the first nights that they're there, they hear just screams at night coming from the woods around their house. No, I'm good. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why after these things, they decided to buy this cabin and live there, but (laughs) Mm, yes, this di- this cabin stinks just right. We will live <laughs> in the stink and screamy, just my kind of place. <laughs> so they get to know their neighbors, and one of them is a Chinook woman named Yudi, like Y O U D I, who also has three kids and lives like at the next closest cabin to theirs. And Yudi starts telling Sally about like kind of familiarizing her with the area. Um, and tells her a story about Bigfoot or Skookum, as she calls mm. Bigfoot. And she said, once long ago, a warlike tribe swept down from the mountains to attack a neighboring village. Their fierce warriors slaughtered many of the people and forced the survivors to flee into the forest. These people finally made their way to an island where they could live in safety. Over the years, they developed a form of self-hypnosis that enabled them to see in the dark. They also found the power to become invisible to those who were not a part of their tribe. Nice. Slowly, they evolved into a different kind of being. Only their peaceful manner remained the same. With the passing years, they grew in size and strength and became covered with long hair over most of their bodies. And they taught themselves to mimic the animals of the forest and learned how to make many other sounds they heard once they left their island home. So she's saying basically that Bigfoot is humans. 
Well, that's it. Bigfoot is humans. Um, that develop these cool extra senses and abilities. I do know that, like, um, I do know that uh, a lot of native stories are like the like origin stories, and I think it's really interesting because like a lot of people have just been like, like I, I haven't heard many people be like, oh, Squatch is uh, people. Uh, well, anything other than just like. Uh, <laughs> I guess a evolutionary whatever anomaly of apes and humans that exists in the woods. Like I'm, I'm far more into a colorful backstory for uh, the skook of yeah. being, being people, pe- people who got big. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand the size thing necessarily or the hair thing. Like I don't, I, I whatever, not a biologist, but I do like the idea of flipping it from like Bigfoot being sort of like this missing link between, you know, apes and yeah, humans. Yeah. And instead, they're actually like a further evolved version of humans. Sure, sure. That have their humans like plus some cool new forest skills. Yeah, yeah. two very big hairy people just went off and started a very large family <laughs> up in the mountains. And then they just decided that they should be able to be invisible. I'm not sure how that part works evolutionarily, but <laughs> I think I it, like it. I think it doesn't is the answer. <laughs> well, we're going to have some problems with the rest of this book if that's our approach. Um, soon after this, Sally starts seeing lights in the forest at night, like small little lights moving through the forest. Cool. And she looks out her window one night. And focuses on this little cluster of small lights for a while. And as her eyes adjust, she is able to see that they're following, the lights are following a big figure through the woods. Okay. So Bigfoot slash Skookum is accompanied by whatever these little forest lights are. Out for a stroll by the light of the lightning bugs. I think that sounds really delightful and like romantic skunk ape self-care gonna be a good day just gonna send it (laughs) so sally starts spending more and more time with ud and like learning about the area what plants are there what wildlife is there how to be more self-sustainable all that stuff yeah and we We get into some really weird territory pretty early in this book, which is essentially that Sally convinces herself that she is an American Indian woman reincarnated as a white woman. Oops, 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 oops. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Eject. 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 (laughs) So. Eject. That is uh, sort of the backdrop for a lot of the rest of this book, unfortunately. Mm. Uh-oh. Yikes. <laughs> but that's she not, says at that's this not po- cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not ideal. Um, she says at this point, quote, The more time I spent with Yudi, the more her native ways seemed practical, even familiar. And um, talks about how she just sort of instinctually knew how to do certain things, like butchering animals and drying hides and making clothing and stuff. Mm. 
Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Big, mm-hmm. big, big white people energy being like, um, I, I like that. <laughs> it's mine now. That was wild. I, could, I didn't know what to think about that. <laughs> so she keeps Yikes. hearing these, hearing, seeing, smelling all these things that she interprets to be signs of Bigfoot activity. Mm-hmm. Um, things like hearing weird sort of chattering noises at night, uh, things going through their trash, which, like, that's what animals be doing, but whatever. Um, Especially if you stick rabbit guts in your trash. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and weird stinky smells, which, you know, sometimes that's what nature be doing also. and And are attracted to stinky smells often. True, true, true. Also, maybe the, the maybe that weird stink was the dead rabbits you put in the trash. Like, could, could get two birds stoned at the same time here with, hey, with this one. <laughs> just might be. Just might be. Um, then she starts having weird dreams. Uh, at first, it's just sort of like fleeting scenes of people speaking in another language, people around a fire. And when she would wake, she would be physically tired as if she had been, like, walking and doing things. Mm. And sometimes her clothes were dirty and or wet as if she had actually, like, been outside doing the things she was dreaming about. There's a there's got to be like there's an equivalent uh, when you live at the base of Mount Rainier for sleepwalking. That's like way more intense, like sleep mountaineering of some kind. Yeah. If if you live along a river by a mountain, sleepwalking seems like a bad time if you yeah. get out of your house. Yeah. Hey, Yudi, I'm going to need you to barricade me into my home uh, every <laughs> night at about nine o'clock and don't let me out till the morning because otherwise. I'm, I mean, I'm. Uh, Especially with Bigfoot about, you got to be extra careful. That's true. Um, she then starts seeing the face of an old Native American man in her mirror when she walks past it. Okay. And this guy starts taking her on cool time travel, astral travel adventures while she's sleeping at night. Sally is having a party in the woods, huh? Yeah, dude. Oh, just wait, bro. To to clarify, (laughs) Sally is living in this house with her partner, with her kids, with both. One husband, three kids. Okay. So five total people in the house. So there is there is a family around to confirm or deny the outrageousness of what's occurring here. Uh, some of it, yes. I mean, it, I mean, is, like, is mom waking up in wet, dirty clothes? <laughs> it's like, oh, right. Like, does she go wander around in the woods at night? You would think, yeah, you, that you could get a yes or no on that one. Hey, honey, can you um, can you just stay up a little later tonight to see if I go mountaineering in my sleep? If I go anywhere, <laughs> if, I, if I leave uh, while I'm not conscious, that'd be sick. So this guy calls himself Dreamwalker and. He brings her to some point in the what she assumes to be the past when the area where she lives now was inhabited by an American Indian tribe. And 
he speaks with her telepathically while they like go out on these adventures. Cool. And he tells her about how she used to be a great healer named Salal. Uh oh. And he brings her to her old village and teaches her about her past with Bigfoot. Creative. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> because of this. She decides to go to the library and try and learn more about the paranormal. I think she's like, had heard something about astral travel and was like, maybe that's what I'm doing. Maybe there are books about it. Let me go see what's up. Sure. I mean, not, not an entirely illogical, if you're having, if you're having any version of this actually happening to you, any version of this, you, you might be prompted to be like. I'm just going to try to get a little context. Oh, man, we need fucking help, buddy. Yeah, I, I mean, I would. And, I would. and it's, it's 1973. Like, you need information? Yeah, sure. Go see what the library has. Yeah. For whatever reason, she leaves, though, with a book about UFOs. <laughs> and in it finds a case from 1959 near Tacoma, Washington, in which... A military flight had taken off nearby and soon after taking off reported being over the radio that they had been hit by something and the plane crashed on a mountain. There were no survivors and the military closed off the area right away. But multiple witnesses, multiple witnesses allegedly reported seeing two orange balls of light that were following the plane before it crashed. Mm. And also, apparently, military personnel were going around warning slash threatening people not to talk about the incident or what they had seen. Mm. Allegedly. Here come the men in black. Well, we'll, we'll get there, but actually not until quite a bit later. Um, oh, I just figured government soon, government going around telling people they didn't see what they saw is well, yes, yes, but we have some usually. like some spookier, uh, more traditional men in black encounters. Oh, later let's on. go. Um, soon her neighbors also started reporting weird stuff happening at night. Uh, one of them said that there were monkeys outside his window while he was trying to sleep. Um, like large hairy monkeys or. Just uh, monkeys. You know, say. you know, monkeys, <laughs> monkey monkeys. You know, yeah, we're just... talking like a spider, rhesus. Uh, we got we got macaques out there. What are we? What are we? What are we dealing um, with? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just mean it would be one thing if he was like, yeah, I got a little spider monkey like climbing up my tree. Versus there's a large man like ape creature. Be like, oh yeah, yeah, no, we've been doing that one. <laughs> well, well, that would be it. I I think the distinction, because Bigfoot would Bigfoot's got no tail. That's got to be an ape, right? Oh, fair. See, I don't know. I, I I can't. Easy rule: monkeys have tails. Is that the? That's it. That's the only. Yeah. And then everything else is an ape. Mm-hmm. So gorillas are apes. Correct. Huh. You learn something new every day. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm forty. <laughs> Uh, we are also apes, no tails, you and I. Um, okay, so Dreamwalker comes back and hey, tells her about hey, sp- a hey, speak- Bigfoot encounter in her past. Huh? Speak speak for yourself. 
there. Uh, you, you hide your tail very well, Ryan. Thank you. So Dreamwalker tells her about uh, a story about her and Bigfoot. He says, I once knew a woman who had been touched by Skookum. She was gathering one day and stopped by a waterfall. In the pool beneath her was a giant brown creature digging roots with a stick. She was so startled she lost her footing and fell to the pool below. Her head hit the rocks. When she awoke, she was being lifted from the water by the creature. He gazed into her eyes as he set her gently on the bank. Sounds like a bad romance novel so far. (laughs) Yeah, my eyebrows are up. Uh, about as high as they can go. My eyebrows are touching my hairline right such now. such a dangly show. <laughs> Sounds like the start to a, ch- to a tingler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Then as, as she watched, the air shimmered and he disappeared, leaving behind only a horrible odor. <laughs> when she stumbled into the village hours later, she had streaks in her hair as yellow as sunbeams. For the rest of her days, she lived with the ancestors, even though she still lived in the forest, becoming a great healer, the medicine woman, Salal. Very, 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 uh, very funny to me if turns out that teleportation is totally real. The main consequence is it just it stinks so bad. It's just so stinky. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this apes out here yeah. throwing throwing smoke bombs but just fucked it up one day and it's like boom smoke bomb. Oh fuck stink bomb. No, no, no. <laughs> our our friend Rob Christofferson has a hypothesis that the portals themselves are stinky. Mm, sure. So the opening of the portal is like opening a stink hole that you have to jump into. Right. Mm. Yeah, you're traveling by sewer essentially. When you take the <laughs> lid off, it's going to stink for a minute. Inter inter intergalactic slash inter uh, timeline sewer sewer pipes. You're just you're just riding in and out of different things. Interdimensional manholes. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. So Sal and Yudi decide to go down to their local newspaper and see if they have anything uh, in their archives about this plane crash from 1959. Okay. And they found every issue except for anything for a few months after the crash. That was all missing. Mm. And the woman working at the newspaper claimed to have also had some encounters with the weird orange lights. Um, She said... I've seen them, all right. I've tried to explain them away, but I've yet to come up with an answer as to what they can be. They're terrifying. It's gotten to the point where I'm afraid to leave my house at night. They follow my car. So the newspaper arch- archivist, arch- archivist, I never know how to, why did I try to say I think the it's word? Arch- the newspaper I think it's lady. Ar- <laughs> I think it's archivist, but yeah, the, the, okay. pers- the person at the newspaper. Is being harassed by these weird orange lights as well. Um, and the news about the weird orange lights has been, quote unquote, scrubbed from the record, if you will. It has been disappeared. Alleged, allegedly. Of course. The next day, they talked to another one of their neighbors um, about their experience at the newspaper. And he mentioned that there was also a large meteor that crashed at the same spot as the plane crash a few years prior. <laughs> and remembered people being threatened by the military and film being confiscated uh, from anyone who had taken photos. So Sal and Yudi go to the other newspaper in town and find that they are also missing issues uh, from the same time period after that plane crash. 
after that, Dream Hunter or Dream Hunter, Dreamwalker <laughs> comes back. Dream Hunter, <laughs> much, much more hunting. ominous. <laughs> to teach Sal about hunting and warn her that the hunters of her era would kill Bigfoot if given the chance. Mm. Um, he comes back a few days later, shows her some big feet, and tells her that soon her husband would have an experience that would change his mind because he's been a bit of a condescending dick up to this point <laughs> and doesn't believe any of her experiences. Okay, well... Um, I, I'm never into condescension, but like, I, can, can you, we, can you blame the guy for being a little like, Hey, lot going on right now. <laughs> lot going well, on. Sure. However, if my spouse comes to me and says like, Hey, this is going on and this is going on and I've seen this thing and that thing. If my reaction is no, you haven't shut up. Oh, <laughs> like, no, no, no. Yeah. 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 I just mean, I just mean it might be a lot to wrap your head around to be like, hey, so I'm seeing an old man's face in our mirror. I'd be like, okay, let's, uh, let's maybe, let's <laughs> maybe talk about that. Right, right. You don't say like, no, you didn't, dumb woman, <laughs> which is basically what it sounds like he's doing. So a few days later, there's a, uh, a real nasty flood and her husband, John, and one of their other neighbors are out trying to like literally pull stuff out of this guy's house before it floats down the river. Oh like, dang. That that level of flood. And they they save some stuff and they're going up this hill to like a high point that is dry. And while they're up there, they see Bigfoot hanging out down in the valley below. Cool. And it freaks the shit out of both of them. Sure. And they tell Sally about this experience and it takes a while, but he eventually comes around to like, yeah, okay. Maybe you're not making all this shit up because I just saw a big, big fuzzy guy out there too. Sure. I've had my own experience. Yeah. Um, Sal's neighbor, Sally's neighbor, Emily then tells her about some lights that she's been seeing at night hovering over a, a ridge by their house um, multiple nights in a row, always at 2 a.m. There's one large white light and then several smaller yellow and orange lights. And that night after her neighbor tells her about it, Sally stays up to look for these and at exactly 2 a.m. sees the same thing, a, a large white light that's hovering, several smaller colored lights uh, that eventually merge all into one, like they get absorbed by the big white light. I was going to say, uh, the big white light you see in the sky at night is called the moon <laughs> and the smaller ones that flicker in our different colors are called stars. <laughs> Holy shit. Hey, here to help. We've solved it here to help. <laughs> uh, then Dreamwalker's back and he brings her to a rock with an indentation in it. That looks like Bigfoot's face. There's a there's a picture. It's a picture you in the book. You said this uh, sentence so matter of factly. Well, I'm assuming that this is all true and accurate, Ryan, because it's in a book, and Sally said so. I'm trying to I'm trying to find the photo. It's she has some photos in this book, but they're printed so poorly that like it's really 
Like, I don't know if you can even... It kind of uh, just looks like a rock yeah, with a yeah. dent in it. No, but I get it. It kind of has almost like a like a uh, like a skull like shape to it, if you will. Yeah, where we as humans are really good at recognizing human like faces in yeah. things, though. Like you know, there's the a whole, name. There's a name for this. We've talked about it. Par, paradiddle. Parado- uh, parado- parado- paradoilia. Parad- par- parad- yeah, something like that. Shit. Farts. No, paradiddle is the drum rudiment. It's something. It's something like that. Paradiddle. Paradiddle. Parapickles. Um. So he shows her this rock and says that it's a sign that some big change is coming soon. Bigfoot, big face, big change. Why not save save big money at Menards? It's (laughs) extremely local joke. whatever no it's good it's good somebody got Um, it one of you laughed and that's enough some of you got it and did not laugh because not not my finest work (laughs) Udi then tells sally about some caves and tunnels tunnels around mount rainier um and allegedly people have heard rumblings mechanical sounds and have smelled like burning smells coming from them Mm, more stink although there's although there's been no like mining or any sort of industry in the area for a long time like a hundred years plus okay okay and yudi suggests for unknown reasons that this is where bigfoot goes in the winter i'm not sure how that explains the sounds or the burning or like bigfoot's got machinery a lot of in the caves Bigfoot mines? Like I'm I'm not really sure what the angle is there. But a lot, lot of one person said energy going on in this whole story. One person said this thing with zero additional evidence or information other than this one person said this thing. And we're just gonna we're gonna roll. We're gonna take that as gospel and keep it moving. Yeah. I mean, I, we don't have any other choices. I don't you know, we it's a single source here. Uh, yeah, no, no, kinda, no. I kinda hard to check. I, I don't mean us, I mean her. Like her story is Oh, right. She's going at it. Well, from we got a, a picture of the, the Bigfoot face <laughs> for, I mean, for what that's worth. It is a photo and it is face like in nature. So that's something. That's something. There you go. There you go. Um then things start getting weird in their house, mostly electrical issues, but sort of uh what you might consider uh poltergeisty variety. Sure. The stove turns on by itself, started a fire at one point. Uh, the lights turn on and off on their own. Well, the stove started a fire, but also at the same time, the washer came on and flooded. So maybe, <laughs> you know, the universe balances itself out. Look, um, I'm, I'm here to cause trouble, but not too much trouble. <laughs> I'll I'll fix it. I'll I'm, fix it. I'm here to help, sort of. <laughs> Her husband John was an electrician and was certain that there was like no. He had wired it himself, I think, and was like, okay, well, <laughs> pretty well, right. So like to me, that says, well, obviously you you goofed, John. But to her, it says, well, obviously it's done right because he did it. You know, so. Depending on what you're looking for, you you, you can find it. <laughs> it would have been it would have been really funny if the husband came around to the existence of there being something paranormal occurring here by being like, "Well, look, it couldn't have been me wiring the stove wrong because I did that right for ding dang sure." So 
gotta be a ghost in here <laughs> look i i, I, I did my job it's bigfoot's fault <laughs> okay exactly <laughs> <laughs> my my electrical work is 100% perfect and if it ain't then it's Bigfoot so <laughs> I, I you know I see one if clear if somebody told me that <laughs> I would I would accept it if I called like some repair person out to my house and they're like look I'm sure it's done right if you got problems you got Bigfoot <laughs> be like okay bold bold assertion but uh Bigfoot hates your water heater. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so they uh, they decide to buy some new appliances to replace the the malfunctioning ones. Sure. And a delivery guy shows up with a new washer, and Sal just starts asking him about UFOs and Bigfoot because <laughs> why not? Because that appears to be a significant portion of their life at this point. Yeah, and he says that he's also seen these orange lights and that lights the size of a basketball sometimes follow him while he's driving at night. Okay. So so we kind of okay, so, so we do kind of have more of like a community thing here though because the library yes, however it's all being filtered through one person. It for sure ultimately. is. I just mean it's it's less here's all the things that happen to me when there's like People in the area have also made, again, we don't have actual verified verified sources of those other people saying those things, but. Or, or hers for that matter, but. Sure. I, I just mean the lens is slightly more expanded if you add on like the library or like newspaper archivist, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. 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 And then this person and it's like the neighbors, it's like, okay, there's like slightly more voices here. Yeah. Um, the new appliances continued to malfunction in the same ways that the old ones did. Uh, so whatever the issue was, it was not the appliances themselves. Look, I wired it right the Which first time me, and I again, wired it right the second imply, time. <laughs> well, cause you're not, I mean, you're not wiring, you're not like hard wiring appliances probably, right? It, it would be the wiring in the house that would be goofed in which case new appliances wouldn't change anything. I couldn't possibly tell you what mountain cabin electrical looks like in the 70s but right but i hear you <laughs> point taken yeah. the, the electrical issues are like by far the least interesting part of this to me. <laughs> um much more interestingly dreamwalker comes back and tells sally about the screams and weird sounds that she's been hearing at night sure and he says that bigfoot are shapeshifters and that if she sees a deer it might be bigfoot Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure how that explains the sounds or the screams, but that's his answer. Dude, can you imagine a deer screaming like a human? That would be the <laughs> fucking scariest thing I've ever imagined. And the only thing scarier is then that for her, that would confirm that it's Bigfoot. Deer, deer are normally such <laughs> quiet things. Imagine stumbling upon a deer in the woods and it's just like... <gasps> Fucking shit, dude. That fucking sucks so bad. Uh, or, or if it just comes up to you and, and goes. Look, I'm sorry. You got to shoot that deer. On site, you got to shoot that deer. No, you can't. It's it's people. 
Because if because if a deer is Bigfoot and Bigfoot is people, deer is people. Oh, but it ain't people right now. It's deer right now, and it's screaming in wow. my face, and that's <laughs> that's bad for me in every conceivable way. Um, Sal and Yudi then find another weird book that has a story from 1907 <laughs> about some hunters who claim to have been attacked by Bigfoot, and they decide that the the Bigfoot or that the hunters must have stumbled upon what they're calling the Bigfoot nursery. Oh, yeah. And that the Bigfoot were just protecting their young, because otherwise the Bigfoot would never attack people. They're creatures of peace. Yeah, they're they're people. Um, you know, the most peaceful species, humans. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the people that never attack or harm anyone. Kind, human beings. Kindness. Um, the next day, Sal's neighbor and Yudi's daughter, Emily, um, tell them about how there were two adolescent Bigfoot playing in her yard for three hours the previous night. Bro. For three hours, she watched two little big feet play in her yard. You can't tell me you can get a picture of the Bigfoot rock, but over the course of three hours, you can't give me a picture of the Bigfoot children? I'm saying, like... Granted, it's 73, you're in the middle of nowhere, you'd have to have a camera, you'd have to have film, it's night, you'd have to have a flash. You shoot a flash at two big feet, who knows what's going to happen. They might turn into a deer and come scream at you. <laughs> it might get stinky. It might get stinky, they might <laughs> they might zap out of there, stink up your whole However, house. she also said that the, the two little big feet appeared to glow or give off some sort of bioluminescence. So, maybe I guess you wouldn't need a flash, but either way, no photos were taken. And after about three hours, they noticed her and made eye contact and then vanished. After three hours, they noticed the person who'd yep. been watching them for the previous two hours and 59 minutes straight. Yep, yep. Uh, that's kind of how I felt about watching Avatar last night. Just oh, three hours watching, watching some shit splash around. Damn, shots fired. The haterade has been served once again. <laughs> um, Emily sees these big... That This is her neighbor, who is also Yudi's daughter, um, sees the big feet again and is convinced that they're sending her some sort of signal when they're nearby so that she can come and see them. Oh, that's nice. And they... And they set up CB radios between their houses so that they can tell each other when Bigfoot is coming or when Bigfoot has arrived. Got it. Got um, it. Bigfoot comes by a few more times, stomping around so loudly that apparently it shakes their houses. Like like him just taking footsteps rattles rattles the walls of their houses. Okay. Just and they talk Park? about it. Yeah, basically is what it sounds like. Except she, uh, Sally has a waterbed, which is a hilarious thing to me to have out in a, like a super rural rustic cabin. It's also a so very- I'm imagining, you know, like the the cup of water on the dash in Jurassic Park. I'm imagining the same thing, but with the waterbed and Bigfoot outside. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> she's laying there, and suddenly she's just like, oh, boop, boop, boop. oh, oh, fuck, he's coming. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Um. Oh, and then the the next day we have our appearance, our first appearance of the uh, the midnight ghost train. I gotta pull up the uh, the passage here. Um, she said it wasn't a car; it was a huge white light that came through our yard. I looked out the kitchen window and it blinded me. It stayed in one place for a minute, 
then cruised slowly across the yard out to the road. You know, the place where cars go. Uh I could see through the trees heading past the house. It lit up everything like daylight. I'm surprised no one else saw it. Uh, She said it, it was like a big searchlight, but it wasn't attached to anything. It just floated through the yard. Hmm. Not sure how you get to train because like trains are real loud in my experience. Yeah, that's actually what I was. They also typically run on tracks. They don't float very often. Well, but if it's a ghost train. Well, right. Ghosts do be floating, I guess. Yeah. And go where normal physical objects and entities can't like through walls and shit. No train has gone before. (laughs) Uh, It's funny that there's like all these like like the Bigfoots light up and the planes light up and the lights in the sky light up and the lights follow the people. Like everything's a light with, with being like, but they're all attributed to different things. Like, okay, we got lights in the sky and lights followed the comet and or lights followed the plane crash and lights, there's lights in my yard and the little kid Bigfoots light up and like, Glowing basketballs are are following my car. Yeah, like there's just a lot of things light up, but none of those lights are the same lights, except they seem like maybe they would be if they were real. Right. Or like it's implied that there's some connection between these things, but we never really dig into that. Or, Or implied that they're connected but disparate in a way that it seems like strange to prioritize the disparateness of the lights and... Not just be like, we do be seeing lights here. Yeah. Uh, Dreamwalker comes back and shows Sal that she wasn't just a healer. She was a shaman and that one of her jobs was to help Bigfoot cross over to the other side. She oh. was like a, a shaman, uh, a Bigfoot hospice shaman. So dude can stink travel all he wants, but cannot get his ass to heaven. That's that's what we're that's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. <laughs> that's your issue with the story. Nah, I just think it's funny that it's like <laughs> okay, okay, I'm with you on everything else, but like, how does Bigfoot get to heaven? <laughs> nah, I just like it's funny to me that if we're talking about this being this being is capable of interdimensional travel and time travel, but like heaven is a bridge too far for this thing to get to like no i'm gonna need a human's help to do that one <laughs> like what <laughs> what hell yeah big, ryan i think i think more importantly bigfoot heaven implies the existence of a bigfoot hell which is a terrifying thought <laughs> oh no <laughs> where the deer never stops screaming <laughs> oh no that does sound very just, bad very just very a flaming bad. a flaming lake of screaming big feet for all eternity bigfoot deer <laughs> <laughs> they can shapeshift into all kinds of creatures but they're all screaming <laughs> <laughs> but they but they're in everlasting damnation <laughs> you can be anything you want to be but you must be screaming it's the one stipulation and on fire <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. Uh, oh, where are we? Okay, so Yudi and Sal go down to the river one day and see a ton of large tracks in the sand along the beach, and yeah. they take some photos of them. Um, let's see if I can 
find these photos here. The, this is this is maybe the most uh, convincing or like interesting, I guess, uh, evidence we have oh, in the book. Oh, we got a print. We have some prints, and it's they're pretty clear photographs, and we have a hand next to one of them for scale. Mm-hmm. And assuming this is you know an average size person, the the print is probably twice the length of their hand and like a little wider than if you spread your hand like from pinky to thumb all the way spread out yeah so like at least two if not closer to like three times the size of a human hand yeah so it's like not that much longer than a normal human foot but it's probably at least twice as wide yeah it's it's a very different proportion um there are it's kind of hard to tell there, but on one of them, there's one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five like pretty clear toes on the end of it. Um, and they have, they claim that there were like sixty or more prints on this beach. They took photos of about five of them that are or that are included mm. in the book at least. I'm back in. Pretty weird, like obviously fakeable. To make prints in sure. white sand and take photos of them, but totally it's the closest we get to any actual evidence in this book. Uh, um, but thing- as they're hanging out on the beach taking photos for a while, they start getting pelted with rocks from the woods, and they have to leave. Get away from my foot! <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm I, fucking tossing bikes in the river, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one never quite applies but i always want to play it. it and it and it's too funny to not just let let do what it do um one of the <laughs> things i like about photos in general is it at least helps add this add some color to a story that could hypothetically have just been like completely made up after the fact with like no additional thought but like the existence of photos and I, I'm not lending credence to any of this story. And like, I guess, yes, photos could have been taken later and just, they could have pretended that they were from when they were from, but like, I don't know. It, it, it like at least adds a degree of color to the story. That's like, I gave enough of a shit about the weird things that were happening to try to do some additional documentation beyond like writing down the shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. At least you're trying. Yeah. You know, I yeah, think yeah, you're, yeah. I think you're probably making some stuff up, but at least like, you're making an attempt, right. which I can respect. I can more respect, than just yeah. fully, fully fictionalized uh, words. Totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> Hell of a sentence. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, okay, so they they see these prints. They take some photos. They get some rocks hurled at them, and then th- this whole thing is so fucking disjointed. Like they're just they're exploring all of these things at once and not attempting to make any connections between them or focusing on one for very long yeah because next they go talk to a guy named clarence who uh yudi knows to have some information about the uh the plane crash ufo situation and when he goes to see them or when they go to see him they ask about this plane crash and he says You'd better be careful who you ask about that plane. You'll have strange men turning up on your doorstep. All I'll say is that the two sites are in walking distance of each other. And what he's referring to is the the meteor and the plane crater and the and plane. This plane crash. Sure. Yep. Um 
And then they asked, do you know what hit the plane? And he said, I can't, I can't rightly say, but I heard it was something orange. Now let's change the subject. I'm an old man and I'd like to enjoy the time I have left. Mm. Sort of, sort of, uh, ominous, but yeah. So this Clarence guy seems, seems to know some things maybe, but is also very, uh, reluctant to talk about them for apparently out of fear of some third party. The visit you might get that you might not want to get. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to that. <laughs> there, there's, there's some more from Clarence later. Um, Emily, their neighbor and her husband, Kurt. So we're jumping back again to weird shit at the, the, the old homestead. Yep. Um, they started having small lights floating through their house. More lights. And these lights were spicy lights that burned whatever they came into contact with. So, <laughs> hey guys, they run into you, you get burned. They run into the wall, wall gets burned. Uh, Counterpoint: Your house might just be on fire for like the fucking third time. <laughs> well, this is a neighbor's house, but oh, neighbor's yes. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what that would be, but it's fucking weird, um, and it would be very unsettling if it were happening to me. Maybe it's um, it's just embers from their house floating over to their house and it's starting their house. On yeah, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Um, back to Clarence, we start getting some more uh, traditional men in black encounters, and there's a phone call to uh, Yudi's house, and her daughter answers. And brings the phone to Yudi saying that there was an odd man, an odd sounding man on the phone asking to speak to her. She wouldn't say his name, but said that his voice sounded metallic. And then when Yudi picked up the phone, it was just silent for several minutes. Like it was connected to something, but no one said anything. And then after a few minutes, she hung up. Weird. The metallic voice thing is like classic men in black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really understand what she's saying with about her daughter not saying the guy's name. Like if that means that she didn't know it or if she knew it, but for some reason didn't want to tell her mom. I don't really understand what's being said there. Isn't that also kind of a um, classic men in black detail too of like people feeling compelled in their presence to like do or not do or say or not say things, but not really like, like feeling like almost sort of controlled, but I guess she's no longer in the presence. It's like after like after the fact. Well, yeah, over the phone. I don't know. Yeah. Also, like, whenever kids are involved, like, kids just do weird shit sometimes, too. Yeah. I'm always skeptical of, like, this child was acting weird. Like, yeah, have you been around kids? They say and do all kinds of weird shit. Also, bro, how many times do you take a phone call for your parents? And they're like, oh, can you tell them I called? Hey, uh, kids, if they're folks younger. So when we didn't have cell phones, you had a phone, one phone in your house, and you had to answer that phone. And then sometimes if your parents weren't there, you had to, like, tell your parents later that someone had called for them because you answered it thinking it might be like your girlfriend or your boyfriend or a friend or whatever. So anyway, how many times when you were a kid were you like, Ooh, somebody called for you. Oh, who was it? 
It was some, it was, was, it was a guy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) when I was like, I think I was five, I answered the phone. Uh, I was not supposed to be answering the phone yet, but I was like, ha ha, I know how to do this. Going to pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. And it was somebody asking for Michael, which is my dad's name. Right. Did not register at the time that that was my dad's name. That guy's dad. He doesn't have a name. There's no Michael here. And, just a dad. And I was like, nope, going to hang up. <laughs> my dad not comes up running here. over. And it was uh, a job offer for the job that he still has to this day 30 years later. And I almost fucked it up by being... I'm, obviously, they would have like called back or tried some other way. But this dumbass kid being like, nope, no mics around here. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. Uh, we got really far in the process with them, and the guy just changed his phone number. He like tried to get away from us. <laughs> he ghosted we kept, us. We kept After calling three interviews. And we kept calling, and this kid <laughs> wouldn't give us to his dad, so we just hired somebody else. He's got a really weird secretary that just doesn't want to get pass any, any no, calls. No, bye. <laughs> um. So yeah, this this Clarence situation, we get some some men in black activity. The phone call, and then the next morning, uh, somebody knocks on Yudi's door. She goes to answer, and there are two guys standing there in black suits that both spoke in sort of a weird monotone way, mm-hmm. and said they were selling encyclopedias, and asked if she would be interested in buying some. She said yes, and they both looked at each other. Like, they didn't know what to do next. Um, (laughs) They had no samples with them. Said they would go back to their car and grab some, but instead they just walked down the street and never came back. (laughs) Damn. That was a robber casing your house. Or, like, high teenagers. (laughs) Many, many possible explanations, but... Have you checked if your refrigerator is running? Do you want to to buy some encyclopedias? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, Oh, shit. Oh, bye. (laughs) Run, run, run. Um, She said, it gets weirder. I glanced at their feet as they left, and they were barefoot and dirty. Brand new black suits, bare feet. Weird. Seems seems bad. Um, And then she started seeing this weird, like, brand new shiny black 1950s car uh following her around and taking photos of her from the car mm-hmm. this is like some you've been talking to clarence about the things that crashed up on the mountain shit that's, i mean that's how it's being presented yeah, here yeah, 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 as right. if these things are are correlated because he had warned them about asking around about that and that they would be visited by some some folks if they did uh, a thing that I always find interesting about the men in black stories is there's like this duality of these are guys who work for the government who are coming to intimidate you into stopping talking about a thing. And these are aliens disguised or paranormal entities disguised as government people who are trying to find out what you know, but like very, very bad at their jobs. Or aliens who don't want you talking about aliens, or like it's never really clear yeah. what that dichotomy is there. But and, and it like, is fun. And even in and even in your description of being like a brand new 1950s vehicle with like spy cameras taking things, but also 
barefoot guys in suits like it's just like complete opposite ends of like the legitimacy spectrum if you're going to talk about like government spook stuff the men in black are really fun to me because they're just constantly fucking up they can just <laughs> never get it right but that bad, bad just bad at their jobs whether you're an alien or you work for the government you're pretty bad at right. this <laughs> they're like cars suits got it shit what do we put on our feet <laughs> Fuck. No, I, knew no, I, I knew we were missing something. <laughs> uh, what's our cover story? We sell encyclopedias. What are we going to bring? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> never thought we'd get backs. this far. Honestly, never thought we'd get this far. Uh, so then they they tried calling Clarence to be like, hey, man, uh, we're getting followed by some weirdos like you said we would. And his number has been had been disconnected. Gasp. And when... Sal went by his house. There was also a brand new 1950s black car sitting out in front of his house and a for sale sign in the front yard. And they never heard from Clarence again. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which like old people. Well, any age people move sometimes. Sure. He probably would not have alerted the two weirdos who came to ask him about UFOs that he was moving before he did. Yes. Um, and then secondly, like people in their 80s do die sometimes. Yes. And they definitely don't usually alert weirdos that came to their house to ask about UFOs that they're about to die. Also, yes. <laughs> sometimes you don't even know. Sometimes it just happens. There's, there's a variety of reasons Clarence could have no longer been with us. That is not just, they got him. They got him. Right, right. But they did get him. But they got him. But, <laughs> what, got but what happened was they got him. Next, Ryan, I think I left this out of my initial summary. Oh, uh, they geez. found a musical. They found a musical tree. <laughs> Christ on a bike! How many chapters are there in this story? <laughs> we're almost. We're almost done. We're in like the last two paragraphs of my notes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, don't worry. This doesn't you, wrap up in any you, <laughs> in any fun way. You really one of the other things about this is I'm I'm at a point where we have covered so much ground that you could literally be like, and then there was a chapter about, and you could literally insert any string of words, and I'd be like, that tracks based on the amount of well, ground we've covered so far. Ryan, the three chapters we have left are musical tree, flying tombstone, and psychic warfare. So. God and then damn. we're done. Then we're out. That's a yeah. that's a hell of a life. Okay. I'm I'm with you. Musical tree. Let's go. So there's a tree by their house. And if you get close to it, you can hear like a rhythmic drumming sound coming from inside. Hey, uh, that's kind of the whole story. Uh hey. they went up to it, they listened for a while. If you touch the tree, it stops. If you let go of the tree, it starts going again. If you bring men near the tree, it stops. Have we it's cons- ladies' night at the musical tree. <laughs> <laughs> have we considered the fact that the tree may have wanted to start a death metal band with the screaming Sasquatch deer? And every time there was a screamo, a scream section, they were like double bass, just like. Well, they didn't. They didn't say blast beats, but it may have been. I mean, rhythmic drumming could could mean a lot of things. True. Yeah, we didn't say what rhythm. It could be, it could be 200 BPM blast lot, beats coming from that birch. A lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things count here. Um, okay, next up we have uh, on page 227, Ryan, we have a flying tombstone. Okay. Gray, uh, 
granite or whatever those are made out of, typically tombstone, just floating around outside their houses. Um, which Sal took as an omen that her potential Bigfoot publishing partner uh, had died. Don't know. Oh, flying okay. tombstones, Bigfoot uh, connection. Yeah, again, like a lot of just real big, completely uns- unsubstantiated conclusions being made by everyone inside yep, of yep, this yep, story. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Yudi's friends, this is sort of the beginning of the end here. Yudi's friends introduced the two of them to a psychic who they think can help. Um, the psychic's name is Tammy. And <laughs> Tammy the psychic. Sal says, oh, great. I've always been psychic. Sorry, what? <laughs> On page 234, she introduces the fact that for her whole life, she has been psychic and actually once solved a murder. Okay. Well, this would potentially back up some of the unsubstantiated just acceptance of things. She's like, oh, no, I know it's true because I can see inside everyone's brains. So she she claims that for her whole life, she has been able to, by touching an object belonging to someone, get information about the person to whom it belongs. Cool, cool, cool. And once picked up a necklace at a pawn shop and solved a cold case. Awesome. Ryan. If you knew with 100% certainty that you were psychic, what would you do? <sighs> I mean, because I'm not sure, but I am I am very sure that I would not write a Bigfoot book and then casually drop in on two, page 234 that I were psychic. I don't think that would be my approach, but I'm not sure what my approach would be. I mean, I I I would I'd work I'd work myself into a pretty good grift. Um we're going straight to the grift. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you were a psychic, if you if you knew what some I'm trying to think of like Yeah, if you if you knew things other people knew, you could make yourself a lot of money. Let's say it's this specific version where like you can touch an object belonging to someone and then you get some information about that person. Because that's going to make the grift a little more challenging. You got to be either in physical proximity to this person or like somehow have their possessions. Yeah. I mean, look, if these things were happening to me, I'd go find Clarence and I would, I would touch Clarence's watch and then I would know what Clarence knew. Could Yeah. So great point. You could just go by and slap his house and figure out what happened to him, right? That's right. Former possession, right? He used to own the house. Yeah. High five that garage door and you'd have all the scary imagery <laughs> that you need that he was so sure was going to kill him if he told about it. In easy money, you bro. You run down there and it's, it's just, ah, shit, they got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? Just a quick tap, tap, psych, psych. Oh, shit. And then you did. And then you got to move too, because now you know too much. Hmm. I think I would try and like, I would maybe go the the academia route. Oh, okay. You just you sh- you go to like you know, whatever your nearest big university to the psych department, and be like, I promise you, I can do this. <laughs> However, you want to verify it, I promise you, I can do it. You want to run some studies, whatever. Give me some shit. I'll tell you about the shit. That that would be the way to like 
to to make the most money as fast as possible too because you're the first documented psychic person scientifically that, documented grift, psychic person in the world you can scale that grift if you if you're a a stanford vindicated psychic oh my god I'm grifting everybody. Is it even a grift at that point? I, you might not even have to. I believe that's just called a service. <laughs> yeah. That's what that is. I provide I'm, a service. I'm going on tour. Bring me your stuff. I'll tell you about your stuff. It's going to be right 100% of the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's... I'm on stage. Throw shit on stage. That, that's not a grift anymore. Things. That's a profession. <laughs> that's all that is. <laughs> I was trying to do the, the uh, easy route. I was trying to not have to actually do any psychic work outside of like just get one good psychic moment that would help me like make a sports bet or like win a lottery oh, or sure. make it like buy a stock at the right time or some shit like that. But it's but it's like it's retroactive psychic ability. Right? Yeah, like but she can't like, see what's but like you if can't the touch something and see what it's gonna do. Is it only information related to the object or related to the person and the object? Like, do I get, uh, do I get everything? So I get everything inside of your head. If I touch your watch, I don't know if it's everything, but yeah. Cause then I just like go to wall street and just start touching briefcases and just see <laughs> just blackmailing people or what, what's the play here? No, nah, no. Nah, like everybody, like all those people have like insider trading oh, shit oh, oh, in, you in got their in, brains. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah, it. Got yeah, it. Yeah. You start insider trading by, by just going around groping stuff. Yeah. I'm just trying to know what all the JP Morgan, <laughs> you know, money, money traders know that they're not allowed to tell people. Yeah. So you're just down there tapping and trading. I mean, you know, just like, I don't want, I don't want to have to like, wake up every day and do it but just like you know you get a couple good scores and then you just go hang out on a beach for a minute that'd be yeah you have like one good week and then just let yeah, it ride yeah just let it ride yeah. yeah all right um last chapter here this tammy psychic tammy turns out to be real real bad news um both yudi and sal eventually become convinced that she's trying to psychically attack them and mess with their their whole situation and also steal their husbands because apparently Tammy's super hot. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. Um, Sally's mom comes to visit and she's also convinced that Tammy is bad news and says that she was forcefully entering her mind, whatever that means. Okay. Um, also, her, her dad, while visiting, was chased by the ghost train, but that's just sort of dropped in as an aside we as, have a, a second ghost train appearance as much of this is just thrown in there a little bit yep um her parents left her husband starts channeling weird beings in the middle of the night that's also just sort of dropped in as an aside sometimes he'll just sit up and say stuff and then lay back down and then yudi eventually bails on this whole situation uh tammy sally the neighborhood everything um because Tammy entered her dream and made her sick. Look. So she's like, this lady's got bad vibes. She's corrupting everything. I got to go. Yudi, you started this shit, all right? Not to be whatever, right. but like you came over and we're like, hey, let me let me put you on one. To, to all of these things, to all, actually. To, like, yeah, the beginning of the, the... The psychic specifically, but everything before that, too. So... 
eventually Sally tells Tammy to, to fuck off. This is the end of her Bigfoot quest. They moved to Oregon in, in 1976, about four years after they had moved up to Washington. Wait, and that's the end of our all of this happened book. in the course of four years? Yeah, or just just under. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, it already was a lot, but that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> um, so, Ryan, that's the the Valley of the Skookum. For oh, you. I, have, I feel like I've been proper skooked by this whole uh, <laughs> scenario in every way, shape, and form. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> Glad I could help. Happy to help. I know you've been, you've really been craving a good skookin. Well. <laughs> I'm here for you, bud. Boy, boy, do I have a story for you. <laughs> Holy Jesus. Um, Anytime I, you need your, your skook skooks, I got you covered. Is this person still, uh, still alive? It's very hard to find information about her outside of this book. Is it, is um, I it, didn't go too deep on that, but a, a quick Google of her name mostly just returns results for this book. Mm. It's as if maybe someone wrote the book as this someone. I don't know. She's got a she's got a picture on the back cover. Can't can't fake that. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, and today you can. <laughs> I was kidding. Anyway. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, oh there's there's a. A result for thebigfootportal.com. No, it's just a review of the book. Never mind. <laughs> Is it, does that website stink? <laughs> Only when you leave. <laughs> Only when you yeah. close the window and just, just fucking reeks. Just a green poof comes out of the screen of your computer. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, uh, anything you want to leave folks with other than. A good skookin. Thanks for thanks for skookin skookin my skookin my brain piece. <laughs> skookin uh, with Sally. Skookin to the oldies. <laughs> uh, that's skookin. <laughs> skookin in the seventies. Uh, I guess uh, this is coming out the week that my record comes out. I think. Yeah, I think it'll be like tomorrow. If I'm, if I'm counting right, uh, sure, whatever. Yeah, uh, I got a new EP coming out, and it mean a lot if you gave it a spin. Just search for my government name on whatever music streaming service you listen to, and uh, find it, give it a spin, and let me know what you think about it. If you get a chance to check it out, um, yeah, that's it. Hell yeah! What about you? Do that. I'm just, just here goofing on pods. <laughs> Skooking myself and skooking my friends. <laughs> Reading dumb books and telling you about them. I'll do it again next week. God bless. You love to see it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Hey, thanks for the warm welcome back. It's been really fun to see everybody uh, excited about us uh, doing a pod, even though it's been a long time. Because, uh, yeah, you know, if it's been this long of us doing a pod, you would have been within your rights to lose some excitement about us doing a pod. So that's cool to see. Sure. Um, send us an email. It's hi at whatifpodcast.com. 612 246 That's it. Okay, bye. See you next week. Hey, he has beautiful hair. <laughs>